readers. Today we are going over chapters 26 through 30 and the epilogue of The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. A lot, a lot, a lot has happened in the last chapters. Definitely check out the last episode if you haven't listened to it yet. We left off with some of figuring out the motivations between Maddox as to why he killed the king you know, Belkin, uh, even Prince Dane, and then we also figured out why Cardin hates Jude so much. And we were left off with her kissing Cardin on the mouth, which is, like, unheard of. As we saying, you know, as a, as a, always as a warning, there are tons of spoilers in here, so if you haven't read this yet, please, please do so before we continue on. If you just want to listen to anyways, welcome. So, in chapter 26, so, Jude slams her lips on Cardin's. Uh, she realizes that kissing him was not like kissing Locke. It was actually better. <laughs> so she can feel that Cardin was about to shove her away, but he eventually gives in to that desire. You know, they're, she's kind of like, I kind of like this, actually. So when they finally broke apart, 310, I'm going to make a proposal, Cardin says. I don't want to put the crown on Belkin's head just to lose mine. Ask whatever you want for yourself, the court of shadows, but ask something for me. Get him to give me the lands for far from here. Tell him I want I will be gloriously irresponsible for from his side. He never needs to think of me again. He can sire some brat to be his heir and pass the high crown to it. Or perhaps slit his throat. A new family tradition. I care not. Jude is kind of impressed that he came up with a bargain. So basically he says, I'll give you what you want. Just, just get me out of here. I don't want to be here anymore. She kind of thinks about that. So after that talk and that interaction, she goes back out to where Roach is and all them. And she's like, I know where the Lost Prince is and I just need a little more time to put my thoughts together. She told him to put all their demands on the paper since Maddox promises almost anything to get Cardin back. Jude goes to sit at the lake and mask and there she thinks to herself that she certainly doesn't want Belkin on the throne. Not when he loves uh, cruelty and hates morals so much, because you kind of obviously saw that in the Hollow Hall, how he treated them. So even if she turns over uh, Cardin to Maddox, Maddox would just be regent and be a terrible ruler instead. Or she could just run back to the mortal world with Vivi, or let Maddox become the regent, but the spirit oak away into the mortal world and bring him back in 10 years. So she's kind of going over her options as to, like, which is the least worst option to do because she just feels like all Maddox does even with Oak on the throne that he just wants to take over and he may never even give the power back to Oak right after some time she just makes up her mind that Monarch is not going to like it so when Jude get back to the court of shadows bomb is the only one in the room making bombs while everyone else is asleep she tells Jude that she's not running away but sticking by Jude's side Bomb tells Jude that if she wants the others on her side, she's got to be more forthcoming with her plans. She asks on page 316, What do you think about stealing a crown right in front of the kings and queens of fairy? And uh, Bomb got excited and wondered uh, what she could, you know, basically blow up. Uh, Jude goes to the other room to get Cardin to offer him something better than his life. And what if Belkin doesn't ascend the throne and Cardin doesn't have to hide in the countryside? Cardin says he would be a terrible king and he would hate it. And Jude reveals that Oak can ascend the throne because he has the right bloodline. Jude agrees with Cardin's help, though. She wants Oak to be crowned by Cardin and then hidden in the human world. 
And Vivi will be the one to raise him up properly because he would kind of have that sympathy towards immortals, unlike, you know, Belkin would. If Cardin agrees to help her, she'll get everything he asked for and more. She just needs Cardin to pledge an oath to her service to ensure that he doesn't portray her. And this is one of those things that are like anything she says, he does. So Cardin says that he wants Hollow Hell, every last wine bottle in the wine cellars, he wants Roach to teach him how to steal in exchange for helping Jude. And I think personally he's just going to steal the ring back once he learns that skill. Uh, Cardin says that he can have his services for a year and a day and not a minute more. And Jude agrees to that bargain and swears his allegiance to her. Chapter 27. I will admit, chapter 27 was kind of boring. Kind of, I feel like a lot of it from here kind of slows down a lot. There's a lot that happened and it's kind of like, you know, a downhill slope moment. So all the people that came to the coronation, allied fairies came, that came, they all started camping around. So she's thinking that she needs to find someone who's going, that isn't for Belken uh, and to back the new ruler. So there's a dinner party that's going to be thrown in Maddox's honor from Belkin. And so she feels like that's the time that it's going to have to happen, but she needs supporters. With her at the dinner party, it's it's going to show her intent to declare her against Belkin, bound her to fairy until Oak is, ba- is on the throne. She brought Cardin to the camp to get information. She commanded him, that which he is magically bound to, to stick around to gather information. Jews goes to Queen Annette, the court of moths. She seemed like she was the one that kind of like stood against Belkin ascending the throne. And she would be one of the first ones to walk out on, on everyone in the coronation. So Jude wants her to see, try her hand at Queen Annette's side to her, but unfortunately she didn't get very far because she was like, I'm the messenger of Belkin. And they're like, no, we don't want anything to do with anybody that has to do with Belkin. So Jude went back to Cardin to tell him she couldn't get very close to her. Jude, you know, they, they had a moment where they were facing each other when he was laying down on the ground and she was laying on the ground too. And they were kind of staring at each other's eyes and they're like, oh, what, what's happening? You know, there was, a, I'm just going to preface this say, I'm not going to say of them all, but there was a lot of those little moments throughout the next chapters to the book because of that kiss. You know, they had those sizzling moments and that shame, they, they said in shame because they're like such mortal enemies of each other. They're like, they love and disgust each other, basically. Uh, Cardin actually gives her advice to saying, why don't you go to Lord Robin and Alder King's son, Severin? And she's like, I, you know, I'll take that advice because he seems like he's well attuned to the court life and to the people in it. So she's like, I should probably listen to this guy, right? So she decides a little different approach. She's saying that she's the messenger of the new king. She did get to speak to Severin first and he is willing to help. But as long as he's not the only one who's helping. So she then heads to Lord's Robin uh, camp. Uh, She did try sneaking into the tent but stopped short when she saw the green skinned pixie eating human food. They were eating uh, boxed Chinese food. (laughs) And because she paused to listen to the conversation, she actually got caught by one of the knights, which was actually one of the lecturers that was speaking about how the crown is passed down and so forth. And she brought her for Lord Robin. You know, Robin has this, this legacy of like, winning so many battles and being brutal about it but he's very polite in front of her for some odd reason and he asks the what court she's a part of and she says she's part of the true high king so with her saying that that prevents her from being killed by the knight and she tells him that she can get another king on the throne that is not belkin if he is willing to support and witness the secret coronation he decides to help jude with crowning the new king and to help him there but on 
literally one condition, which is what they like to operate by, that this new king will grant him any favor in the future. Jude decides to agree to the request and at least goes back to Cardin. So chapter 28, Cardin and Jude goes back to the court of shadows. Ghost was waiting for them. He asked where the gold he was promised and Jude asked him in return, what about revenge? Okay, page 336 says, We're going to walk right into Belkin's feast, steal his kingdom out from under him. How's that for vengeance? Jude lets in Ghost and Roach that the child of Learope lived, and now Ghost says that he will serve the new king and steal the kingdom. So basically, there's hope. I want to change my allegiance. Roach jumps in and starts planning the conquest at the banquet. They ask if Jude is at all concerned about Madak, and of course, uh, Jude is, because he was going to be very furious if he finds out that he's being cheated of the power of being regent. So Jude watches Cardin's fingers, feels feels shameful electricity or the sick thrill of going through the last few ch- of chapters since the kiss example. Like, even the smallest things, she's like, whoa, whoa, okay. <laughs> so the last part of the plan is to talk to Vivi. She's a very key part in the plan. Jude, she goes back to Maddox's house to pack some of her belongings and once again to, to find her. And she finds Vivi and admits that she's been a spy for Prince Dane, shows her suspicions on Maddox's plan of becoming a regent, and asks if she can take Oak instead of her to the mortal world. She's basically asking her to protect Oak. Vivi asks what would prevent Maddox from finding Oak in the mortal world like they did with their mothers long ago. And apparently Jude has a plan for that to prevent him from following and finding them. Vivi eventually and reluctantly agrees to the plan. So as Jude was leaving, Taryn just so happens to open the door and they stare at each other for a moment and then she just closed the door without speaking to each other. So there's still bad blood between the two of them. So in chapter 29, starts out with Cardin and Jude going to the banquet at the Hollow Hall together. They're not masked or anything. They're going out in full force who they are and they're armed to the teeth with swords and knives. And it just seems like that... Everyone's just staring, not acting like anyone's um, really searching for him. Maddox did seem displeased about having to do with her being uh, with Cardin. Like, he was, uh, you know, like, unhappy that Jude knew Cardin was after all. And he didn't go and tell him about it. Because apparently, if she knew where Cardin was and told him about it, then he could have told Belkin that he could have any reward that she wanted for bringing Cardin there. Cardin tells Belkin came over and Cardin tells Belkin that, that they have all night and they will discuss his terms as to be willing to crown Belkin king. So, because I think it's revealed in that moment that it can't be done forcibly, it has to be done willingly. So Cardin's like, I'll be willing to do it if you meet my demands. But we have all night to do it. So he's like drawing it out, right? So Jude goes to where Oriana and Oak were standing. Oriana asks what's going on and Jude lets her on, lets on that she's doing what she can't, uh, what she was asked to do by Oriana to protect Oak and protect Oak from the court. So Jude walks away to open a window that will let Roach and Ghost in later to cover her steps when Maddox approaches. She says she just needed some fresh air and Maddox asks her why she didn't come to him first when she found Cardin they could have negotiated. He wanted them to meet in private to speak alone, Jude and Cardin with him. Jude brought up, what about Oak? And calling him out on his plans to regent of the crown of Oak. And Maddox explains to, to what he was going on after all. So on page 351, he's like, Maddox was like, would you prefer no high king at all? If the crown is destroyed, there would be war. And if there's war, I will win it. One way or another, I will have that crown, Jude. And you stand to benefit when I do. There's no reason to oppose me. You can have your knighthood. You can have all the things you dreamed of. Jude's like, no, you pointed it out. You said you, not anybody else, but you. 
So Jude comes up. Uh, I'll make a bargain. Swear to me that you'll never rise a hand against Oak, and I'll help. Promise me that when he comes of age, you will immediately set down as regent. You'll give him whatever power you amassed, and you'll do it willingly. And that's the point when he, he loves Oak, but he's not willing to give up the power as well. So they decide to draw swords with one another. And Maddox tells her that he could have it all. And now with her going against him, she'll have nothing. And claims that he cannot, that she cannot beat him. But Jude says that she already has. Jude really engages a fight with him. And he won't, so he won't notice that Ghost and Roach will come through the window at any moment. And they parry blows and they're able to hit one another. But Maddox offers that if she surrenders, persuades Carden to do what he wants, then all would go back to what it was. Jude, instead of just agreeing, tells him to surrender. It's like he's mad I kept using, come back to me, you know, all this stuff, then everything will go back to where it was. And right when he was lifting to strike, Maddox arm starts to twitch. And apparently there is a point where she gave wine to him and her and he poisoned, she poisoned the wine that she gave earlier. And Maddox asked how she knew which one to give her and she says she poisoned both and the difference is that she was used to it and he wasn't because she's been all this time slowly getting herself immune to it it's just enough to knock him out but not kill him so page 353 says i look deep into his eyes as i sheath my sword father i am what you made me i became your daughter after all then maddock falls to the ground ghost and um, roach eventually do come to the window and and say that they're they're on to the next phase so chapter 30 Last chapter before the prologue, Jude goes back to the banquet room to tell Belkin that Maddox is delayed. <laughs> no one knows, right? <laughs> All right, pausing real quick, and I'm promising we'll get back to it. I love every one of your readers, and I'm in need of your support to help this podcast flourish. Here are the few ways you can help. One, subscribe. Subscribing to your favorite platform ensures that you get the latest episodes right away. Two, rate and review. Leave me a glowing review and rating on your favorite podcast platform of your choice. Your feedback not only is exciting to me, but also helps other fantasy enthusiasts discover this podcast. Three, share. Spread the word of Booktrovert Reader Podcast. Share these episodes on social media and recommend this book podcast to your friends. Sharing this podcast creates an amazing community of listeners just like you. Make sure to check out the description below to find all my links to my social media. Four, support through subscriptions. Your support helps me continue making content. In the description below, you will find how to support me on this podcast. By subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing, it will help Booktrovert Reader Podcast get in front of other readers like you. Thank you for being a part of this journey, and make sure to tell me your favorite fantasy book. All right, readers, back to the episode. After Jude tells Belkin that Maddox would be delayed, you know, Belkin was like, you have been more helpful than I have guessed. So, and then he offers, like, continue and you'll find yourself rewarded. Would you like to live as one of us? Would you like to be one of us? So she wonders and questions, like, can the king of fairies able to do that? Turn a mortal into a fairy? After also thinking about that, Jude also feels kind of guilty for outsmarting Maddox. It didn't feel good as she thought it would because she didn't see... Because I guess Maddox wasn't the person that didn't see Jude as betraying him. Uh, Locke did find her as well and tells her that he's just a little jealous of being with 
with her being with Cardin that night and tells her that she still likes her and the fact that she surprises him of her dueling over him was one of them. So it's like as if Jude kind of still entices him a little bit, you know, as that catch that needs to be caught. So I think this is a funny interaction between Jude and comes to Cardin and starts taking a seat and he looks bored out of his mind and he's like, did I tell you how hideous you found her tonight? And, you know, and Belkin stands up, you know, tells her kind of basically how ugly she looks tonight because she's, you know, taking some more poison. She's, you know, pretty bad looking. And I think the way that that Maddox hit her, she still had some blood on her nose and as Belkin stands up, there's a big explosion that suddenly happens, right? A black arrow shot and lands in front of Cardin. Another one is shot and Cardin pretends to be stunned to move. That's how they prepared for it, just as he was trained. But what they didn't anticipate was Belkin knocking Cardin out of the way and covering his body with his own. He hasn't noticed uh, the crown being taken, which is also being known as the blood crown right now, being stolen. And he reminded Cardin why he shouldn't move with the plan. Kind of, uh, with him doing that, it kind of looked like he was kind of sacrificing himself a little bit. So, page 358 says, I've been thinking of Belkin as the brother Cardin hated, as the brother who murdered their whole family. I've forgotten that Belkin is Cardin's family. Belkin is the person who raised him with Dane plotted against him. When his father sent him from the palace, Belkin is all he has left. And then, although I'm sure Belkin would make for a terrible king... One who would hurt Cardin along with many others, I am equally sure that he would give Cardin power. Cardin would be allowed to be cruel, so long as it's clear that Belkin was crueler. So Jude rushes away to meet Ghost after kind of seeing that happen, and Ghost tosses the crown to Taryn. Uh, you see Vivi take Oak's hand. Ghost tosses the crown to Taryn because he mistakes her for Jude because they're identical twins. And once he realizes his mistake, he raised the crossbow was about to shoot her. But uh, Belkin arrived in time with Cardin and tells Taryn to give him the crown or he will cut her in half. And she looks on, torn to kind of who to give it to, to either Jude or, or Belkin. Uh, Belkin, with his politics in mind, tries to take the crown. He, If he tries to kill someone in the name of the crown again, it's just going to be chaos and no one's going to respect him apparently if he produces any violent uh, violence then the whole room will will as well so on page 360 queen orla says this is a lovely banquet pelkin son of eldred but sadly lacking amusements before now let this be entertainment after all the crown is secure in this room is it not and you or your younger brother are the only ones who can wear it let the girl choose whom she will give it to what does it matter if neither of you will crown the other so she's basically at this point like, look, it's just, it just doesn't matter who it is at this point, just, just crown someone and let the human choose to do it. Taryn tries to hold on to the crown, but Jude is able to talk her into letting it go. And Jude hands the crown over to Cardin and he walks over to where Vivi and Oak were standing. Panicking, Belkin pulls out his sword to stop it from happening and Ghost, once again, he shoots his the crossbow and hits Belkin in a hand an iron arrow, and which bolted it to the table. Uh, Belkin tries to convince Cardin to give him the crown, but Cardin eventually kneels to Oak and about to put the crown on Oak's head. But then Jude commands him not to move for at least a minute, and Vivi encouraging Oak to do what they practice. And Oak put the crown on Cardin's head and said, I crowned you, King of High Fairy. So basically, forced Cardin to stop what he was doing, had Oak crown him instead. I don't think Cardin knew anything about what happened. And he basically, he looks like he's ready to murder someone. And that may be Jude. Because she lied 
about um, to him what she's promised him. And she promised him he was going to be able to walk away from that. And he's not going to be able to anymore. So her plan was Cardin to occupy the throne until Oak is old enough to take it back. And if by then, hopefully, Cardin will be willing to abdicate and then ensure that no one terrible will will take over until Oak is old enough. So I think she's like betting that Cardin hates being a king so much that he's willing to give it up. And he was the least worst option than basically Belkin was. So Cardin, you know, flips the switch because he knows his duty. He makes a speech to everyone, but he makes one in particular to Jude on page 365. He said, and to Jude, who gave me a gift tonight, one that I plan to repay in kind. And Jude re he just shudders at the thought because it just, because I think she did the one thing that, that Cardin didn't want to do and he, and she betrayed him. So Bomb comes up, tells her that, that they actually given Jude a name now, and that is the Queen. So the epilogue. So this happens, um, this opens up to Jude, Vivi, and Oak and Target. They're in the mortal world, and Oak is like kind of looking at everything, glamoured his horns and ears away. Ariana did agree to let Oak leave and be taken from the court. Apparently, Belkin is imprisoned in a tower, and Maddox, you know, Maddox wakes up after a time, and he realizes the crown is gone. Vivi does take Oak to Heather's place, his her girlfriend, until Vivi is able to get a job and get her own place, but they all know that she's not going to do that because she likes the glamour things, but that's just the persona that they're, they're doing for Heather because they, she still hasn't been able to be honest about her. So Jude uh, leaves them there and heads back to the palace where she keeps Cardin close and to grow the court of shadows. Basically, she's got a job to do about in, in a year and in a day. So she eventually goes to talk to Cardin in, in the throne of fairy where they're alone and she sees him and again regrets what she's done making him a king. She reminds her that she has a year and a day to bargain with him again. Hopefully she'll be able to convince him to want to be king long enough until Oak can. So she's basically got a year in his her command, but after a year she's like hoping for six more years to, that he will be willing to like stay on the throne and make Oak king. On 370 he says, he wide, his grin widens, shows teeth. I don't think I'll be a good king. I never wanted to be one. Certainly not a good one. You made me your puppet. Very well, Jude, daughter of Maddox. I will be your puppet. Your role. You contend with Belkin, with Robin, with Orla of the Undersea. You'll be my sensual to do the work, and I will drink wine and make my subjects laugh. I will maybe the useless shield you put in front of your brother, but don't expect me to start being useful. I expected something else, a direct threat, perhaps. Somehow, this is worse. He rises from the throne. Come, have a seat. His voice is replete with danger, lush with menace. The flowering branches have sprouted thorns so thickly the petals are barely visible. This is what you wanted, isn't it? He asked. What you sacrificed everything for? Go on. It's all yours. It's like that last, very last sentence is basically saying you, this whole time, this whole book, you wanted power and you finally got it. You finally got the power. Here you go. Here's what you want. My thoughts. I certainly enjoyed this book. I feel like this is a book full of Easter eggs. There's a lot of hidden things and if you take your time with this book, there's a lot of little simple things that was revealed in the book that foreshadowed what was going to happen in the last few chapters. And 
you know, I noticed all the details, but I didn't know where they were leading. So that's why I enjoyed it so much because there was a little bit of mystery as to what ha was happening. But you saw the importance of just the tiny things, even from the very beginning of saying, Maddox saying, hey, I'm going to do what we can to bring the war back and we're going to secure my place in this world, you know, and all the way up to the point of even Oak being revealed that he was one of the descendants to Queen Mab so he can take the throne. I like that a lot. I love the quest for power from Jude. She's he was one of those characters that it was morally gray characters. She just wanted to be protected from the fairies. She does she got tired of being bullied. She got tired of being threatened. She tired of being demeaned, demoralized, and all that stuff. And all she did was I wanted power. I wanted to go after that. And then she, but unfortunately she was sacrificing herself to do it. Throwing a lot of people under the bus you know, things like that. She was portrayed, she portrayed others just to get this power. And she was caught up in a lot of these problems. And unfortunately, if people were just honest and upfront with one another, a lot of these things would just have been avoided in the first place. But unfortunately, it wasn't. And it, it was just a lot of things went down the, the drain on that point. So I personally bought the next second and third book to find out what happens next, because I'm very intrigued about how... Jude is going to convince Cardin into staying with power if Oak is ever going to come into to be king. And I know I know enough on Bookstagram that, you know, this was one of those enemies to lover romances or something like that. So I want to see how that actually happens because think that what Jude did to Cardin, that's like unforgivable. It's like the one thing he didn't want. He just wanted to be left alone. He just wanted to leave. He didn't want to be in that thing anymore and and she forced him into something that he just uh, absolutely detests her for. So I'm kind of wondering how that's going to evolve. And I enjoyed it. I hope you guys did too. Thank you for joining me, readers. I'll see you the next book. Bye.